Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Thursday, January 26th, and we start with local news. Did you know that General Motors Manufacturing Facility in Spring Hill can build a car every 78 seconds? Roughly 500 of the facility's 2,000 acres are farmed in corn, wheat, and beans. And as of March of 2022, electric and gas-powered cars are rolling off the same assembly line, which was designed with built-in flexibility to adapt as market demand changes. If you think you knew everything about the General Motors manufacturing plant in Spring Hill, you might be surprised to learn the extent of their operations and plans to become a major player in the electric vehicle market. Oddly enough, the Spring Hill GM site isn't technically in Spring Hill at all. While it has a Spring Hill zip code, it doesn't sit inside the city limits, but rather in Murray County. The facility was originally created to build Saturn cars in the early 90s, but has since expanded its footprint by 1.5 million square feet and adopted advanced technology that makes it one of the most unique of all GM facilities worldwide. Aside from being GM's largest indoor facility at just under 11 million square feet, it also houses multiple plants, vehicle assembly, engine building, and stamping under one umbrella, which few other GM facilities have. It also builds both electric and internal combustion engine cars. Most other facilities do one or the other, but not both. We were the first ones to have everything, internal combustion engines, electric vehicles, stamping, and assembly in one place, said Spring Hill Assembly Plant Assistant Director Rick Smearman. This is a worldwide first for GM, he said. For the most part, addition... I'm sorry, part of the most recent addition to the property is the BEV, or Battery Electric Vehicle Body Shop. It is a 335,382-square-foot facility designed to build the underbody for electric vehicles. The foundation of the electric vehicle, designed to hold the long, flat battery and no exhaust system, is very different from the underbody of an internal combustion engine. The assembly line and the employees who man it are equipped to build motorized engines and electric foundations. There are six operations in a team, and all of our team members are trained to do all six operations, Smearman said. I have worked at seven GM plants in my career, and this one has the most flexible workforce of any of them, he said. While the plant employs roughly 2,300 people in production alone, another 750 work in the engine plant, and some 1,000 other supplier partners are on-site daily, bringing the total workforce to nearly 4,000. GM began building the Lyric, Cadillac's first all-electric car, in March of 2022. The Spring Hill facility also builds the GMC Acadia and the Cadillac XT5 and XT6 in addition to the Lyric. The General Assembly's manufacturing footprint and chassis department were recently reworked after 800,000 square feet of space was taken out of the studs and rebuilt in two weeks. We converted to the vertical articulating carrier and switched our process, which is now cleaner, safer, and more flexible in the building process, Smearman said. The site can be flexible depending on market demand. Also new to the Spring Hill site is a 900,000-square-foot paint shop that provides a more environmentally friendly process, which reduces overspray by 50%. Think of the cloud of paint when you spray paint something. There's less waste, which reduces costs and the amount of wastewater that has to be treated. 
The new paint shop, although not yet fully operational, is currently painting 100 cars per week. The Spring Hill site is also the first in all of General Motors to have automated wheel install machines, which were added to the assembly plant in January of 2023. The biggest indicator of the future of the Spring Hill GM plant is the addition of a $2.6 billion massive 2.8 million square foot Altium sales manufacturing facility built on land leased from GM on site. For perspective, that's enough room to house more than 30 football fields. The walk from one end of the building to the other is half a mile. Altium Cells is a joint venture between GM and LG Energy Solution. The Spring Hill location is one of only three Altium plants in the United States that will manufacture millions of EV battery cells for General Motors each year. GM will assemble the batteries at its facility to with cells. I'm sorry, GM will assemble to batteries at its facility with cells supplied by Altium. Production is expected to begin by the end of 2023. Plant director Chris DeSottles said Ultium chose Spring Hill as the site of their second facility because it never hurts to be close to your customer, but proximity wasn't the only thing they considered. We looked at all sites all over the country and weighed the advantages of each of them, DeSottles said. I think there's a lot of opportunity in this area to draw in new high-tech employees. We've been so encouraged by Murray County and how passionate they are about creating opportunities for the local workforce, he said. Altium expects to have some 1,700 employees on staff, 150 of which will be salaried once the facility is up and running. While the city of Spring Hill doesn't directly benefit from GM's main operations, there are support businesses in neighboring industrial areas that have a direct financial impact because they are city taxpayers. There are also there are also donations to consider. According to GM, the facility has made more than $595,000 in contributions to the local community since 2019 by supporting a number of local charities. In 2021 alone, it paid $269.4 million in taxable wages. Spring Hill City Administrator Pam Kasky said she is thrilled that General Motors has partnered with Altium and expanded we are pleased the GM is showing its continued commitment to this area, and I presume that's because they find a quality workforce and it's a place their employees like to live, she said. Smearman said he hears two things from the community. They love that GM is bringing technology and a customer base to the area and helping to fill hotels and restaurants, but it's not all good news. He also said he hears from locals who don't appreciate the plant because it creates more traffic. In general, he said, the overall reactions are positive. While he couldn't cite specifics about other electric vehicles planned for assembly in Spring Hill, he did say that GM is eyeing the site for more. The Lyric, he said, is just the beginning, and the plant is prepared to handle more, should the market demand it. The future is very bright in Spring Hill, Tennessee, with the vehicles we have coming out of this city, Smearman said. You don't invest $4.5 billion in a city if you don't plan on being there for a while. We are the new face of Cadillac that's coming down the pipeline, and on that cutting edge is an exciting place to be, he said. After Daryl Lynn, a Columbia native, revitalized an old 1950s shirt factory in Columbia in 2018, the factory at Columbia on James Campbell Boulevard has become an incubator for almost 20 small businesses and counting, as well as the largest event venue in Murray County. After an unexpected family situation, Lynn said he recently sold his beloved renovated 67,000-square-foot building to two couples 
who he believes will carry his vision of growth and expansion forward. It was the time, Lynn said. We originally wanted another several years before selling. Lynn, a current Franklin resident and a graduate of Columbia Central High School, returned to his hometown after retiring from his private industrial construction business, bringing a world traveler perspective and business acumen to create a community gathering place where Columbians can grab coffee, pizza, baked goods, a historic book, antique, or piece of fine art. Last week, Lynn said he has passed the torch, selling the factory to couples John and Ashley Pomeroy of Franklin and Chris and Christy Pochet of Spring Hill, who will also be new tenants, bringing their 8,000-square-foot interior design business, Dwell Boutique, to the building. The Pomeroys and Pochets will also take over Lynn's antique businesses, Vintique.com and Leatherbooks.com, both of which are housed at the factory and accessible online. Ashley Pomeroy and Christy Pochet have almost 20 years' experience in retail and design, while John Pomeroy and Chris Pochet work in corporate IT and the finance industries. These are two incredible couples with a phenomenal plan to take the factory forward into the future with more events, tenants, and upgrades, Lynn said. John Pomeroy said the excitement of the current direction of the factory and its future potential piqued the interest of the couples as their next venture. We are very excited about the opportunity to serve the community, Pomeroy said. Lynn will serve as a consultant for the factory for a year. It's been five years and an absolute joy to watch Columbia grow during that time, Lynn said. It's been great to see the businesses thrive and expand with the factory as their home base, he said. From only a few tenants in 2018, with some of the first being Nashville Tea Company, Bee's Salty Sweet Bakery, and Wear It Well Consignment, the factory has grown to house over 20 tenants from food to retail, art, antiques, and world-class cobblers, Potter and Sons Shoe Repair. Today, the parking lot is almost full every day, Lynn said, drawing over a 1,000 visitors during weekend events like a very Murray Christmas Bazaar to 500 guests at galas. We are excited to join the foundation and community that Daryl Lynn has created, Chris Pochet said. The Pomeroys and Pochets plan to make cosmetic upgrades to the factory, offer more events and vendor fairs using an event planner, and draw more tenants to the space. We believe in the factory and its potential, and we certainly believe in Columbia, Pomeroy said. The foundation is here. He said Columbia's explosive growth drew them to open a business in the city and purchase the factory. The big draw of the factory is that families can spend a half day here, Pomeroy said. They can shop, eat breakfast, have pizza or a taco, and even freshly squeeze lemonade. We are very excited to carry the vision forward, he said. Morning Point Senior Living surpassed the goal of its 25th anniversary volunteer campaign, 25,000 touches, with almost 30,000 volunteer interactions. It's wonderful to see so many new volunteers come on board with us to make our residents smile, said Amanda Bauschke, Morning Point's Vice President of Life Enrichment. Volunteers truly make a difference in the quality of life that our residents experience, she said. To be counted, the interactions had to be either with a new volunteer or tie into Morning Point's company-wide monthly themes. By the end of 2022, Morning Point campuses had been touched by close to 30,000 lives across the southeast. Many of the interactions were intergenerational in nature, including school groups, scouts, grandchildren, and church youth groups. Other groups and individuals contributed through musical entertainment, worship services, art, cultural programming, or pet therapy. 
These 30,000 represent more than just numbers, said Greg A. Vital, Morning Point Senior Living co-founder and president. They represent connections our residents have made with their greater communities. We are thankful for every volunteer, whether they have been partners for us for years or are just starting their ministry of touching residents' lives, he said. Morning Point of Spring Hill logged the most new volunteers last year with 5,447 touches. Morning Point of Powell, Tennessee, added the next highest number, 1554. For volunteer events, that's uh, those are events bringing in multiple volunteers. Morning Point of Powell was the most active, logging 294. Morning Point of Spring Hill reported 191 volunteer events. Gabby Ponce, Life Enrichment Director at Morning Point of Spring Hill, embraced the campaign from the beginning. When I reached out to possible volunteers, I was like, hey, what's something you like, said Ponce. If we are curious about what the volunteers like, they will enjoy what they do, the same way as we as employees enjoy what we do, she said. Ponce reached out to friends and groups on Facebook. She even approached a lady at Costco, which led to a church choir coming to volunteer. That, in turn, led to homeschooled students volunteering as well. The 25,000 Touches program helped me find more variety and be more creative, said Ponce. Not only did it benefit us here, but it also benefits the community. I don't think the community members knew they could do stuff like that. Sometimes they think the only thing that they can do is bingo, and there are so many more options, she said. For example, Ted Reed, the owner of the local Tropical Cafe restaurant, started a weekly program in which a local business donates 78 smoothies for the residents. He told me, I don't get any earnings from doing this. It's just seeing the residents' joy, Ponzi shared. The residents need the love. They need the kindness. Through volunteers, they feel they are connected to the outside and that the people on the outside care, she said. All was quiet as the ongoing Murray County Judicial Center project got the green light on Monday to move into Phase 2 with an $8.9 million price tag approved 18-4 to at the full commission meeting. Hewlett Spencer, the county's owner advocate for the project, has been busy bringing the first phase to a wrap, a phase that tallied an initial cost of $2,177,430, which included the Old Daily Herald building demolition, mass site grading, utility installations, and getting the designated land pad ready for the second phase. Asphalt paving, site concrete, and additional bond, insurance, and construction costs make up the $8.9 million. Chairman of the County Commission, Eric Previtti, stated on Monday that while the total project cost scoots up from the previously agreed-upon $30 million, the county stands to save a total of $267,000, a point also brought to attention during the meeting by current Budget Committee Chair Kathy Grodi. We're excited to keep moving forward on this, Previtti said. The approval locked in prices for certain building materials that save the county some money, he said. The Commission's approval of the amount amends building design documents to get the total complex size to where the building committee wanted it, Previtti said. Last year, the Commission had agreed on an even $30 million, but the current additional design and construction documents moved the new cost to $33.9 million. Regardless of the bump, the resolution on Phase 2 aims to assure taxpayers they can still breathe easy because tax dollars will not be used for the project a condition of the project's approval made clear by the previous commission. Actual construction moving forward in the days to come is often weather-dependent, and the project is too new in development to give a final estimated finish date, leaders said.
And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mrs. Lula May Rochelle Riley, 86, of Columbia, passed away on Monday, January 23rd at NHC Murray Regional Transitional Care. Funeral services for Mrs. Riley will be conducted on Friday, January 27th at 11 a.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Thursday from 4 to 8 p.m. at the funeral home. Mr. David L. Edwards, Sr., 91, died Friday, January 20th at his home in the Southern Oaks Senior Living Community in Henderson, Tennessee. Funeral services for Mr. Edwards will be conducted on Friday, January 27th at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home in Columbia. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Friday from 12 until service time at the funeral home. Mr. Elmer Dwayne E.D. Brewer, 78, a resident of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, died Monday, December 19th in his home. A memorial service will be conducted on Saturday, January 28th at 12 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Inurnment will follow at Rose Hill Cemetery. The family will visit with friends on Saturday from 10 a.m. until service time at the funeral home. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important, but we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well. At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things, so the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours, and we invite you to experience the difference. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern middle Tennessee weather, we will have overcast skies today with a few flurries or snow showers possible. The high will be near 40 degrees with winds out of the west at 10 to 15 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect partly cloudy skies and a low near 25 with light and variable winds. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance... Our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see shelter agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. 
For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Chris Dowdy from Tennessee Children's Home. We are overwhelmed by the support through our move to our new Spring Hill campus. We are excited about the new opportunities that these buildings will provide us to serve at-risk youth. We ask that you will continue to pray for us and those that we serve. We still need your continued support. Visit our website, TennesseeChildrensHome.org, to make a donation or learn more about what we're doing to serve at-risk youth in Tennessee. great things here in Tennessee, but there's one thing we've got to fix now. Tennessee leads the nation in gun thefts, and too often, criminals use stolen guns in violent crimes. I'm TBI Director David Roush. Help us prevent gun thefts. When you're not carrying, secure your guns, not only at home, but also in your car. Secure it. Lock it. Help stop it. Take the extra step. Together, we can keep Tennessee safe. Brought to you by the TBI, Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Funded under an agreement with the State of Tennessee Department of Finance and Administration Office of Criminal Justice Programs. Supported by Award 2020 MUBX0051. Awarded by the Bureau of Justice Assistance, Office of Justice Programs, USDOJ. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now, excuse me, and now news from around the state. Williamson County citizens, including the founder of an election integrity organization, recently argued that the county should not repeat past mistakes by purchasing voting machines that were rented last year. They also asked county commissioners to look closely at alternative methods for casting ballots days before county election officials planned to study two companies' voting machine proposals. In 2022, the county election office rented electronic systems and software machines and is now considering purchasing the equipment. We would like you to strongly consider maybe rejecting that budget or at least looking deeply into it, Frank Limpis, the founder of Tennessee Voters for Election Integrity, told the Williamson County Commission at its January meeting. 
The recent scrutiny occurs as multiple counties reported ballot issues following November elections. Also, a new law will require counties by January 1st of 2024 to have voting machines that produce a voter-verifiable paper audit trail instead of being capable of producing a voter-verified paper audit trail. However, Williamson County Election Administrator Chad Gray said Williamson County has had paper trail producing voting machines for nearly four years. Limpus was concerned about election officials spending more than $2.2 million on voting machines over the last three years. He asked the commission to consider other options that are better and less expensive. Another citizen, Bill Petty, also expressed frustration about the county's voting machine expenses. With the current recession and the huge Williamson County debt hanging over us, why are we in such a hurry to continue to pay for election machines that are shown to be unreliable, easily hacked, and lacking in transparency? Petty asked. Limpus went further, asking the county commissioners to reject the election office's budget if it includes purchasing electronic systems and software machines. Limpus suggested moving to paper ballots or considering a six-month contract to continue to study the electronic systems and software machines. The election commission was scheduled on January 18th to look at proposals from electronic systems and software machines and Henry Adkins, Adkins Election Services. Other speakers shared concerns, including Sharon Spiegel, who talked about observing long lines as a poll watcher. She indicated the machines played a large role in voting delays. I cannot know how many people left that day who were disfranchised and didn't vote because they saw the lengths of those terrible lines in these places, Spiegel said. The stated purpose of Tennessee Voters for Election Integrity is to share with elected and government officials opportunities they have uncovered in research, according to the group's website. The group cites studies showing that some voting machines have vulnerabilities. Previously, Williamson County utilized Dominion voting systems. That changed last year. In 2021, seven Dominion machines printed out tapes that rejected ballots from voters outside their assigned precincts. The Tennessee State Department recommended that Williamson County not continue to use Dominion. The county then paid nearly $600,000 to rent electronic systems and software machines for the 2022 elections, according to a lease agreement provided by the Williamson County Election Commission. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee, Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. Ice cream brand Hattie Jane's Creamery is going all out in honor of National Ice Cream for Breakfast Day on Saturday, February 4th. 
In addition to the recent launch of limited edition breakfast flavors, guests are invited to celebrate the holiday with three fun events on Saturday, February 4th. The party will take place at Hattie Jane's Scoop Shop, located at 16 Public Square in Columbia. The story... I'm sorry, the store will open early on Saturday, February 4th for the annual Hattie Jane's National Ice Cream for Breakfast Day Pajama Party, hosted from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. Guests who come in their pajamas will receive 15% off purchase during the events. At the event, Hattie Jane's will have its newly released breakfast flavors available to enjoy. These limited edition flavors include cream cheese cinnamon roll ice cream. That's cream cheese ice cream with chunks of gooey cinnamon roll and brown sugar cinnamon swirl. Biscuits and strawberry jam. Maple bacon crunch and granola and blueberries, which is gluten-free and dairy-free. Coconut ice cream with homemade gluten-free maple cinnamon granola and blueberry compote swirl. These flavors are also available for shipping nationwide and included in the Ice Cream Adventure Club annual subscription. To learn more or to place your order, visit ShipHattieJanesCreamery.com. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.